98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Straight up to the claw. On this Monday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hello, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Well, let's see. What's going on? Washington didn't win here for the first time <laughs> since 2001. Philadelphia yeah. did win here <laughs> for the first time since 2001. It was a packed football weekend around 2001 here, it? seems to be the big year, huh? I didn't realize yeah, it was a big year. that the last time I was listening to the Cardinals pregame show when I was driving in, yeah. uh, Darren Urban with his little nugget yesterday, the last time the Cardinals won, or the last time the Eagles won a game here in Arizona was the same day as Game 7 of the 2001 World Series. Are you kidding me? I had no, no idea. I had no idea that that was the same day. Someone's calling you. Mm. Tell them you're unavailable. Big NBA executive there. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, yeah. whoa! That's a big one. Sure, you don't want to. Sure, you don't want to yeah, take I can't, that. Can't grab it. You and me and Mitch can do the show. <laughs> this is just a four-hour radio show, Gambo. Uh, you got see. it. <laughs> Come on, man. Go take it the could call. Be a lot, could be a very important information in there. <laughs> it could be. Well, tell uh, that I said hi the next time you talk yeah. to him. Okay, without saying who it was, tell him we said hi. Mm. Yeah, big football weekend. Lot going on. Thank you for tuning us in here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Murray and shotgun, takes the snap, and it's a quarterback drop the middle. At the 30, at the 25, and Murray slides to the 24. Now you get up, get up there and spike it. 23 seconds left, Murray under center, spikes it with 22 seconds left. Well done by Kyler Murray. So now you're looking at a 43-yard field goal, 22 seconds left, and they're going to bring on the kicking team right now. There was, in the moment, did he get the first down? Did he not? Did the scoreboard say first and ten? But by the first down not being granted there in that spot because he started his slide and the ball is marked where you start your slide, the spike came on third and one, which meant the Cardinals had no choice but to kick the field goal on fourth and one. Good thing that wasn't a third down play and they spiked it on fourth down. (laughs) I I mean, I was thinking about that, right? That would have been a disaster. That That would have been a disaster. Disaster anyway. Look, in the end, look, you're right. This kid's got to make the kick, okay? He can't be here tomorrow. They got to get rid of him. He can't, you know, Justin Pugh sticking up for him. I get it. Um, but he missed the he missed the kick. That's an easy kick to make. I mean, we were talking about our guy Jay Feely. Well, you know, after the after the, the game three yesterday, us, just to let everybody in just, on this, yeah, okay. In the in the moments after that game, you were watching at home. Jay was on assignment. I think he was calling the Jags game, and I was in the stadium. And the three of us were texting each other, and we had a long, long conversation via text about what went wrong at the end of the game, what Kyler did wrong, what Cliff did wrong, what Matt Amendola did wrong, and, and we all were chiming in, and we were all having these opinions. And Jay was like, "Man, that's why Kyler can't slide. He's got to dive because if he dies." Maybe gets the first down. Cliff's got to be more aware. You can, and then you chimed in with, "You could have run this. You could have run that. You could have got sure. a little closer." And at the end of the day, 
all three of us agreed when it was all said and done. Look, it's not like it was a 63-yard kick. It's not like it was a 53-yard kick. It was a 43-yard field goal. You have an 80% chance of making it since 2014. Okay, 80% is the numbers. That kick, 43 yards, it's an 80%. So you're going to hit that four out of five times. He missed it. So in the end, they lost the game because the kicker didn't do his job. Now, the Murray thing was a big debate, the end of the game debate. You know, what do you do? Do you spike it? Do you not spike it? This is what happens when you have a smaller quarterback that doesn't want to take, you know, take the hit. And I get it. Like, you got to keep Kyler healthy. I understand that. Now, there are times in the game when I, I kind of think I want Kyler to try to make sure he gets that extra yard. That would have been one of those times. Yeah. But he's not taking the quarterback sneak from one yard like Justin Fields and running into a pile of defensive linemen and linebackers that are trying to pop you like Fields. He's not, that's not who he is. Now, in the moment, you, you know, seeing it the way I saw it, you're like, okay, he didn't get the first down. They spike it. Now they got to kick it. And then you go through the time. And, you know, when I'm going through the time, you know, what I'm thinking is like, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have a decent amount of time left to run about three plays. Yeah. Like, you know, you would, if you would have got the first down, spiked the ball, you're talking about 22 seconds left in the game. You can run it out. Seven, eight yards get closer. And then if you want to take a shot or two at the end zone, you could do that. If you want to just run it to set up a perfect field goal, you could do that. But you would have run something. You would have, you would have had 22 seconds left. You're not going to kick it there. You are going to run two or three more plays and then trot the kicker out to try to make the kick. Now, from 34 to 37 yards, it's an 88% success rate. So it jumps 8%. Not to say the kid was going to make it, because to be honest with you, that kid like deer in the headlights. I saw your tweet. You were absolutely right. I went back and I, I watched the so replay. Nervous. I went back and watched the replay, or, or, or my I taped the game, and, and I, he, he did. He looked. He met Emmanuel. Looked really nervous. He, yeah. And, and I he saw your tweet. Looked like a wildebeest trying to cross a river of crocodiles. <laughs> I was in my uh, rapid reaction. That's what I thought. Like, you ever see a wildebeest trying to cross a river of crocodiles? I'm about to get eaten here. Like, you know, it's just like he, he, I, I kind of knew he wasn't going to make the kick. So there's there's a lot to debate here, but I. I want to bring something up because sure. I, I I checked with with Kurt Warner early and I said I said hey just let me know what you think ending of the game and he said to me he, he said to me look I've been there that stuff happens it's easy from the couch oftentimes they set the ball and the sticks late and you don't feel like you have time to wait. You think you have it and then all of a sudden you realize you don't after the fact. After the fact, yeah, you'd like to do it differently, but Kurt's point was you think you have. So if Cliff thinks he has it, Kyler thinks he has it, they're not going to be able to set the ball within one second and move the sticks within one second. Mm -hmm. It's going to take them time. But you want to play fast because you don't want to let time go off the clock. Right. So I don't want to let five seconds go off the clock while you're setting the marker and and putting the ball down. So I'm going to spike it right away thinking I got it. So it's very likely that Kyler thought he had it. Cliff thought he had it. They spiked the ball thinking it was first down. And if that's the case, you know what? To be honest with you, I could live with that. Yeah, I could live with the. I, I could end up living with well, that. It's obvious. And I was at the game and I was in the interview room and it was obvious from both Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They thought Kyler had the first down. Here's Cliff. Yeah, I was right there. Um, thought he was 
clearly passed and they, they brought it back um, and by that time we committed to, to clocking it 22 seconds left you ran there didn't get it we have a hurricane field with a new kicker um, so it was just past the point in overtime a hurricane field goal by the way is the phrase they use for when they have to run Rush the field on. goal unit yeah. on the field as, yeah. as fast as they possibly well, can well then he wouldn't have had to think it actually might have been better Kyler because after the when game. they took that time out yeah <laughs> Kyler after the game Play. um everybody's screaming clock you know in my ear so assuming yeah I had the first down so here's Kyler all he's hearing in his head clock 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 right, it right. clock it so he's right. like ah, okay clock it so it's not on Kyler it's not no, on Kyler if you want to put anything on Kyler not getting the extra not yard not getting the extra yard but and, he's going to get hit by like if, there were three guys ready to pop him we've so we, you're going like if you we've I think always we, had this debate about Kyler in the four years he's been here and you know where I'm going with this right you got to keep him safe He's he's done such a good job at protecting himself. Uh-huh. We've always wondered when it comes to that moment. Will you do it? Will you do it? Will we'll you s- not protect yourself? Will you expose yourself to danger and get just absolutely caught? Before he had it, why expose yourself to danger if you knew, if you think you have the first down? Why if you think you have it? I, what, what's if, if he had if he if he had ten yards? Yeah. What the hell's the difference with getting eleven and getting popped by a safety? What? It, there is no there. He thought he had it. I. And, and to Kurt's point, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and I and and I, I I'm interested in his perspective. And he's right. Things were moving really really fast. Things are things down there are going ten times as fast as they are when you're watching in the stands or watching in the press box or watching on TV. Okay. Here here's what I'm thinking in my mind. All right. Even if he gets the first down. Even if he doesn't clock it, even if they're able to run another play or two, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to gain another yard? No, two? but they, you got. I mean, you I, could have two to three plays. You could have. I don't think they would have taken a shot in the end zone because I don't think they would have run the risk of having a sack. Not on the first because play. Because then you lose. You get sacked, you lose, you're done. So for me, everything's on the sideline. Everything's a quick out. Everything's only going to gain a yard or two just to get you a little closer. So then what are we talking about? A 38 yarder versus a 43? 88% success rate compared to 80. But 80's still good. He should have made the kick. I mean, it's like, like he should have made I the mean, kick. That's people it. Are, people are, uh, some people, I don't want to say everybody, some people are talking about this 43-yarder like he was kicking from Timbuktu. Like he was, like it was a 63-yarder. Like it was a 53-yarder. Like he was, it's a 43-yarder. Now I know I'm talking about the best kicker in the history of the NFL. Justin Tucker eats 43-yard field goals for breakfast. He hit one last night to win that game against the Bengals, and it was like, yeah, okay, whatever, big deal. Whoop, right down the... Yeah, ice in his veins, though. He's Justin Tucker. Ice in his veins. But I don't think it's unreasonable as fans... As coaches, as players, to think that a kicker on an NFL roster is going to hit a forty-four sure. yarder, you know? just, and, and I just, I, got I don't want to. And there's, there's ten thousand other things that went wrong for the Cardinals in that game yesterday. And oh, it does, we're going to get to one in a second. We're going to get to one in a second, which is probably the one we're going to get to. Is probably the reason why they lost the game. If we're just getting down to brass tacks, here. so do you want Kyler to get the extra yard or no? Um, because he's just not. That's not him. Because if he get, if he Look, goes to get the extra yard and they dislocate his shoulder, he's out for the year. Your season's over. I'm fine with them lining up for a 43 yard field we goal. Just gotta, we just got to live in it and put the blame on the damn kicker. <laughs> well, like we're gonna have careful, to live with all careful. the decisions and just blame the kicker. Justin Pugh's gonna come to your house and he's gonna want a pound of flesh for you saying that. So he be can. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> Through five weeks, when we come back, you want to talk about the real reason what happened yesterday with the Cardinals losing the. Cardinals have zero points in the first quarter of these games. Why is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Here we go! Quick game! 
Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Snarky producer has a note here in my audio file. Quote, this is the part where I would play a first quarter highlight from the Arizona Cardinals, oh, except there are none. There are none. Quote. It's fair. It's fair. That's, yeah, that's fair. fair. That's fair. Normally we like to come in with a play-by-play cut of something. First quarter, we got well, nothing. You don't even have to roll on sound until at least the second quarter for Cardinal games. You're not going to get a highlight in the first quarter. Five straight games, they can't get a point in the first quarter. 38 nothing. They've been yeah. outscored the first quarter so far. It went punt, interception, punt, punt to yeah. start the game. 15 plays for 47 yards. <laughs> One turnover, no touchdowns. You know, I actually charted yeah. the first 15 plays of the game. I tried every play, but I I, I mean, I tried every play too, but like specifically with the idea of, okay, what are the first 15 plays of the game? What are they doing? What do they look like? Not much. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Not much. Um, Look, we we sat here and we just did. We welcome you back to Burns and Gambo. Cardinals lose yesterday to the Eagles 20 to 17. Eighth straight home loss. Eighth straight home loss. Unbelievable. 300 and it'll be 361 days. If they're lucky enough to beat the Saints on Thursday night football in a week and a half, it'll be, it will not be a full (laughs) 365. Five days because it'll be 361 if they beat the Saints. The, the, it's the little uh, things that we root for here on the Burns and yes, Gambo show. One day. Um, and of course, in between, they have the road game against Seattle in which they can even their record at 3-3. Three and three. Okay, we just got done the last segment of the show. Ten-minute conversation about Matt Amendola, Kyler Murray, spiking the ball, sliding, all that stuff. Yeah, Percentages we, we, of the goals. It's the, it's the Italian kid's fault. We're just blame. In the in the end, kids got to make the freaking kick. It is what it is. Oh, you know, blame the Italian. You, you know who I want to blame for yesterday? Yeah, fourteen to nothing. But it's every it's, it's every know, week. But, but every you, single week, just, I get it. Slow but you start. Can't keep handicapping no, yourself no, like I that. I don't get it. And think that you're going to win these games. You just that's what it is. It shouldn't come down to Matt Amendola right. having to hit a forty three yard field goal. It How about did. you score four? It did. It did. But it shouldn't. Have to when you're getting outscored fourteen nothing after the first. What did Cliff say last week? What did Cliff say? You got that cut? Anybody have that cut from Cliff uh, last Mitch. week? Mitch, yeah, Mitch, Mitch find us. No, he is now. Uh, find us that cut from Cliff uh, from last week about how they're going to do some things different in yeah. the first quarter. Gonna, gonna I'm going to check with the players. We're, we're going to see yeah. what they like. We're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, in one ear and out the other. Nothing worked. None of that worked. Now what? Back to the drawing board. Like what is like you can't score a point in the first quarter of a football game? Fifteen plays, forty-seven yards, no points. You're down fourteen, nothing, you dig yourself a hole again. Absolutely. Another slow start for the Arizona Cardinals. But how frustrating is this? How frustrating is it? They can't play with the lead. They can't play from ahead. They can't score early. It is so frustrating. Now, you would think that after last week, you know, Cliff says, okay, we're going to do some things differently. I'm going to see what kind of plays that they like to run. And, okay, well, we're... Where, where did that get you? You still can't score. Yeah. I mean, you still can't score. I mean, you went back and you went over all the plays. It didn't matter. You still got shut out in the first quarter. Look, excited. Did you find it yet, Mitch? Any luck with it yet? No, no can't find it. Okay, you know what we're talking You know the cut we're talking about. When Mitch finds it, we'll play it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I was excited to see how the Cardinals started the game. I was very curious. I was very curious. Uh-huh. I was anticipating to see, okay, 
It's been addressed. It's been talked about. It's been dealt with. They're going to do something different. Cliff has promised me, and that's being a little strong, but Cliff has said we're going to do some stuff differently to start these games. Didn't look any different to me. It looked just as slow as it always had. Threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to Rondell Moore. the line of scrimmage. I didn't see a whole lot. had to throw it away because there was pressure. Didn't see a whole lot of downfield. Didn't Mm. see a whole lot of Kyler running. In fact, his first rushing attempt, I believe. Oh, I have it right here. It's like, what, eight minutes to go in the third quarter? Quarter or something like that. It was way late in the game. It didn't happen early. There was, I think, only one deep shot in the first 15 plays was, of the game. Yeah, it, uh, it was 0 for, 0 for 4 on deep throws, but he did have the deep throw early in the game. I liked it. He went deep to Hollywood Brown, but he underthrew him. He underthrew him. He stepped up in the pocket, had a clean pocket, and he just underthrew Hollywood Brown. Double coverage, easy pick. That was the pick. second time. That was the you know that was the second one that was the interception for Gardner Johnson yeah I mean it's just that was a bad play he did not run the ball again until like yeah I I think I had uh, somewhere around seven minutes and something left in the third quarter okay. yeah is when he ran the ball for the very first time yep about halfway through the third quarter here's Cliff not from last week but from yesterday on why they're so much better in the second half I don't have an answer. Um... You know, they got a lot of heart. There's no doubt a resilient group. But to come out flat every single week for five straight weeks is, is uh, something we're still trying to figure out. Um, so we'll keep working at it and trying to uh, get better in that first half. Kyler, very dejected, by the way. Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm at every single game so I can, you know, and, and it. but he was still in full uniform an hour after the game. Uh, during the time I was in the locker room, he was sitting in his locker and he wasn't budging. He was just in full uniform and he was just kind of sitting there processing it. He came in afterwards and said, I'm just processing. I'm processing what happened. He was asked the direct question by Kent Summers of AZ Central. Was there anything different that you guys did? Was there any... And, and Kyler couldn't really cite anything that was done differently this week in the name of these slow starts. But I'll just tell you from a number standpoint, and this is the, this is the stuff that drives you mad if you're a Cardinals fan. First four drives of the game, Cardinals had 50 yards. The last five drives of the game, the Cardinals had 298 yards. You do that? You do somewhere even in between that? It's not coming down to a Matt Amendola 40 you play from behind every goal. week. No, you, you can't. can't play it from wears behind you every week. out. It just wears you Listen, out. Listen, I'm ready. Statue of Liberty play on one, a triple reverse, and then a flea flicker. Let's just do it. First three plays next week, I'll script them myself. I mean, something's got to give here. And here's the thing. Like, me and you may not have the answers. Clip, that's your job. you got to figure this out, man. That's your team. That's your team. That's your offense. It's your offense that has failed for five straight weeks to do anything in the first quarter of a football game. You don't have an answer, but, like, you need to get the answer. You're, Mitch, you're the teacher. Mitch, I thank you. This was exactly the cut I was looking for. It's a month in, so you got enough sample size to know we probably got to do something different at this point. And so we'll... Uh, continue to, to tinker things with practice and, and how we start walkthroughs and practice and things of that nature and then try to make sure that the first 10 or 15 plays have one that, that everybody are very confident in and, and can execute at a high level. That's the cut we were looking for. That was Cliff that was from it, last yeah. Monday after walkthroughs, practices, start. make sure the play, like, none of it worked, man. They got, they're down 14 nothing in a football game again. They're always playing from behind. They're always down. They dig themselves these holes. You know, their defense was great. Their defense allowed them to get back into the game because the defense played great. But again, like, how, I would love to see what do, how does this team play when they're up 14 nothing? How are they going to play when they're ahead by two, tu- two touchdowns? If they can have a great first quarter, come out of the gates, get up 14 nothing, it changes the whole complex on how they're going to play. I mean, they've played, what, 
five full games in an overtime. So they've played 20 quarters of football plus an overtime. Okay. They have had the lead, and I'm just guessing here, minutes for a quarter and a half. Right? The last quarter and a half against the Panthers the Raiders last weekend. Was just, the Raiders was the just Raiders a, was just They, they didn't have it at all until yeah, the end. The right? very, very end. They never once just led the Carolina game, game until the end. Just about midway through the third quarter when Prater hit the field goal to put him up 13-10. From there on, they led that game. They never led yesterday's game. They tied, you know. And, and, and you mentioned the defense. We'll talk more about the defense in a bit. Man, the defense did play great until that final drive. And that final drive just gutted them. 17 plays, 70 yards, 8 minutes off the clock. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. But this Cardinals team... They're not going to be perfect. You talk about playing with the lead. They've played 20 and a half quarters so far this year. They've had the lead for about one and a half of them. And that's it. And that ain't good. And listen, the bye week ain't coming soon, no. so you better figure this, this out now. Not. Like That bye week's a long way away, Cliff. You got to figure this thing out. Can I continue to start like this? Arizona goes primetime next week as the Suns tip off the NBA season against the Mavs, and the Cardinals take on the Saints for Thursday Night Football on back-to-back nights, and we're giving you the chance to experience both in person. Wow. Yeah, you heard me. Text the word primetime to 620-620. That's primetime to 620-620. Listen for your name starting on... Monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games, plus one lucky winner each day will win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Again, text the word primetime to 620-620. When we come back, we got a quarterback controversy, not with the Cardinals, mind you, but with the Sun Devils? That's next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we move Eric into the show. Happy Monday to you, Eric. Wish we had uh, better Cardinal circumstances to talk about, but we do have some good Sun Devil stuff to talk about. You've got a couple poll questions, I believe, for us today. Right. What's on the burner? What we're going to start Cardinals, then we're going to go Sun Devils. All right, guys, it's time for some big picture talk. We're in the NFL season. Five weeks in is a pretty good chunk of games. So I'm asking you to compare how you're feeling now to how you were feeling before the season. Have the Cardinals overachieved, underachieved, or met your expectations through five weeks? Underachieved. 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 They definitely, definitely haven't overachieved. I, I, they, they, I mean, it's either met the expectations because of the record, because I would have, you know, you looked, it's like two different ways of answering the question. Am I looking at the standings? If I'm looking at the standings, they've met my expectations. They're two and three. Uh, that's what I would have thought, really, with that schedule. But the way they've gotten there has been, like I said, they've played ten and a half quarters of football, and they've had the lead for one and a half of them. They've underachieved. Put me down there. 62.9% are on underachieved. 32.3% are with Met. And those voting Met are kind of with you, Bernsey. They're saying record-wise they've met it, but the way they got that record, not. That's yeah. 5%. Just 5 on overachieved. I think their fingers slipped. Okay. All right. <laughs> this one. I was say, who the hell's voting for overachieved? I mean, People who, who thought they were going 0-5. Who in the hell is looking at this football team? You know what? I think they've actually they've overachieved. Get out of here. You got another one? I got another one. This one, uh, pretty simple. Who should be the starting quarterback for ASU football? Ooh. Emory Jones or Trenton Bourget? I'm going to go with Trenton Bourget! Let's go Devils! What, if you go with Emory Jones, you're not Let's Go Devils? No, I mean, his kid yeah, was remarkable. For, a vote for Borgay is a vote. A vote <laughs> like, for Borgay like if I vote for Emory. It's a vote for! Vote for what? Either way, it's a vote for the Devils. Um... 
Uh, it was undeniable what the kid did. It was. Um, now they didn't have to. They didn't prepare for him. Right. That Washington wasn't prepared for him. We'll see now. Other teams may prepare for him. It'll be a little bit different. Put me down for Borgay. Why not? What the hell? Let's go. Guys, this is a blowout. It's an absolute blowout. 76.5% going with Trenton Bourget. 23.5% with Emery. And the comments are making it seem like it shouldn't even been a poll question. They're all in. All in on Bourget. We had to ask the question. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it. On second down. Bourget throwing for the end zone. Caught for a touchdown by Elijah Badger, who was one-on-one with cornerback Devon Banks. And Badger worked his way free and hauls in his second touchdown reception of the day. And with seven and a half minutes remaining in regulation, the Sun Devils regain the lead at 44-38. to I've never tweeted so much about one football game in my life than I did that ASU game. I swear. That was the most tweets I've ever had for a single game. I was so pumped for them to get that win. This kid, Emory Jones, goes off after a targeting play. He gets hit in the head. He's out. Here comes this former walk-on, fifth-string quarterback. who, you know, I didn't know enough, a lot about him. Man, he lit it up in high school here. Calm, cool, collective, ice in his veins, delivering third-down pass after third-down pass. The kid was tremendous, and they shocked the world. They beat a top 25 team in Washington. What a great win for the Sun Devils. And, yeah, that kid that kid had himself a day. He really did. Yeah, it was the best offensive performance of the season for ASU. I mean, you can go back to the NAU game if you want to, but considering the quality of competition, it's an upset over a ranked opponent. We only saw one of those last year. We saw three of them back in 2019. Washington ranked 21st in the country at the time when ASU you beat him 45-41 and he was incredibly composed out there. Oh, I mean, couldn't no, believe it. I almost no couldn't denying. believe it. It was, it was a season high in third down percentage for ASU and most of them came on Borgay passes, right? Most of them came with him calmly, coolly, delivering the ball in a very confident type fashion. He was under heat. He was looking at blitzers. He calmly read who his hot guy was, whether it was Halliday or something. He just, it was very, very cool, very calm throughout the entire game and didn't blink. Even when that game started to look a little sketchy there in the fourth quarter, like you thought it was maybe going to slip away from him and maybe offensively they weren't going to be able to answer what Washington did. He leads that drive in the fourth quarter and good on him and good on them for avoiding their worst start since World War II. <laughs> they needed that in the worst kind of they way. They did. I love the, the, the final touchdown drive. They issues at their own 18-yard line. It's a tie game. He's got a third and ten early in the drive and he hits Conyers for 14 yards. What a great play by him. You know, and and then right after that, he hits on a third and seven down the sideline. Big play to Thompson for 32 yards. That kid was sensational. Got to give the Devils their due. You got to give that kid Trent Bourget, Trenton Bourget, all the credit in the world for coming out and playing the way he did. Now, do we have a quarterback controversy? We got a they got a week, they got a bye week coming up here. But I think you might have a quarterback coach controversy on your hand at ASU. Here's Sean Aguano, the interim head coach of ASU after the game. Well, I say battle because uh, it's competition in the in everything. And I think in the quarterback room, it'll be competition. Um, and uh, competition makes everybody better. Um, and so when I say battle, I'm not saying that he's going to be the starter, but it's going to be a, a good battle from a competition standpoint that'll make each other better. That's I'm not very, saying he's going to be the starter. It's a very vague way of answering that question. Very, very vague way. Mm-hmm. I think there should be. 
I think there should be. I mean, at this point, why, why, why not? not? Why not? Why, I mean, I mean, really, why not? I mean, he, he he gave you a spark. Ride the hot hand. See what he can do for you. I mean, because yeah. this offense, honestly, since the NAU game, hasn't it, it? The first half against USC was decent. Uh, Utah, it wasn't good at all. Give him, give him a shot and see what we can do. I don't think it will last very long for all the reasons that you just said this, uh, earlier in the segment. You'll have a chance to scout him. He'll put stuff on tape. You'll see his tendencies. You'll see what he does. He'll, you know, he'll display some weaknesses that will be able to be used against him. But for now, given what he just accomplished, you beat a ranked team. You ended that horrible losing streak. Your worst start since 1976. They needed this win so bad. They, they needed it so badly. So I bad. think you ride the hot hand on this one, especially since you've got the bye week to kind of prepare everybody for him to be the starter. Yeah. I say why not? Give him a shot and so, see what you can so do. So two things I'm thinking here. One, I'm happy for all those kids that they get a signature win on what's going to be a, a year that a lot of people are going to want to forget. With Herm getting canned and or mutually parting ways and then just a bad year and a worse start and a while. Like, I'm happy that those kids have that signature win. They can always take that with them. Washington came into our house, top 25 team in the country, and we punked them. I, I, I love that. The second thing is, like, you know, and looking at this kid and trying to find out a, a little bit about him, you know, I mean, he's played very, very little at ASU so far, he's, but he's hung around. He, he set Arizona 5A state record with 89 career touchdown passes at Marana? Marana. Marana? I don't even know where that is. Uh, Southern Arizona. Southern Arizona. Marana High School. He was was great. So comes in and he, he was just absolutely sensational. Listen, give the the defense credit to. They came up big when they needed to. They stopped Washington on downs three times. Big stop by Merlin Robinson on a fourth and one. So they got the job done a little bit. I, I really, really was encouraged by how hard they played. Um, well, that's um, the big thing. They played hard. Yeah, they played hard. They played to win. I'm glad they got the because I was I was talking to somebody at ASU afterwards. Like, okay, what if they would have what if they would have played so hard and so good and then if they just would have lost at the end? I go that would have like that. It's a law. You got to win the game. Yeah, like you had to win that game. You were down, but then you were up. You were ahead. Like you needed a signature win. Like a, mor- a morale victory wasn't going to do anything. This team needed to win a football no, game. No, it's it's I, I think and I think that's the thing. No matter what they do at the quarterback position, at least they. I, I mean, look. Three ranked teams, that gauntlet, coaching change, the the punishments, all the all the stuff adding up when it comes to this team painted a very unflattering picture. There's, there's nobody there. The stands are half empty. The stands are three quarters empty. Right? There's there's a lot of ASU football that just isn't on the radar right now. It's nice to see that giving a damn is still very much on their radar, even though it might not be on anybody else's radar. It's nice to see that it's still on their radar. They don't it's nice that to still see on the players' radar and the coaches radar. It's good to see that they still care about these games because there'd be a million reasons for them to go, hey, you know what, the hell with it. This season's over. I'll tell you right what now. What are we playing for? It's good to see. They would not have won that game if Herm Edwards was still the coach. They would not have won that game. They needed a reason to get inspired again to play football at a high level. Aguano's given that to them. With Herm, it was, I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. They would have lost that game every day that ends in Y with Herm still the coach. Yeah, I mean, it was tough, though, because they still got reinvented, but they still lost to Utah. They still lost to USC, right? I, I mean, they still yeah, lost those games. Yeah. And I think Washington might have been a tad overrated, but still pretty good, and obviously a good win for them. Texas, your thoughts at the FanDuel text line at 626. 20. The Suns might have a new suitor in Jay Crowder talks. Could this team actually offer up a fair return package? We'll tell you who it is and what might be on the table next. Burns and Gambo. 
and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. Sources tell me the Hawks have emerged as a suitor among interested teams in Suns forward Jay Crowder. The Hawks and Suns have had conversations in recent weeks and months, I'm told, as Atlanta has seen if there's a pathway to bring Crowder into a big three of Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and John Collins. Several teams have been engaged on a potential deal for Crowder, who remains away from the Suns as both sides work on a resolution for his future. That was Sham Sharania today on the Athletic or Stadium website. I'm not exactly sure. A new team for Jay Crowder as we are, what, nine days away, ten days away from the season opener against the Dallas Mavericks. We are still have nothing when it comes to Jay Crowder and where he might end up. We've seen all the rumors. We've heard all the teams that could be mentioned where he could end up. The Atlanta Hawks are a new one. We've got a brand new possible yeah. destination. Yeah, and, and boy, you start to think about what they they can pull from the Atlanta Hawks. And the only thing that makes sense is Justin Holiday. You're not giving up Trey Young, John Collins. You're not getting Capella, Bogdanovich. You're not getting DeJounte Murray, who they just got. And no, no, it's very unlikely. You're not going to get DeAndre Hunter. Okay, he's a lottery pick. He's a starting small forward. He's a young bull. It's not a guy. You're not getting DeAndre Hunter. Justin Holiday. He's an older player. He's a, he's a, he could shoot the ball. He's a bigger guard. He could switch. He could guard the two. He could guard the three. He could guard some slower ones because he's 6'6". But he's 33 years old. It's a win now. You know, we, we talk windows, right? We talk windows. Oh, yeah. That keeps you in a win now window. It gives you a guy off the bench that could shoot the basketball and defend, you know, from that position. So, I mean, I think that that would be the that would be who I would think that makes the most sense is Justin Holiday, uh, more of a combo like guard forward uh, that can come in and shoot and defend really well with that size. You're not, I don't know if there's anything else on that roster you could pull from Atlanta because I don't think they're trading those other guys. Well, I, I mean, I think like like you say, um, forget about DeAndre Hunter. I mean that that's that's just some serious no treatment right Atlanta. there. They, they wouldn't do that. No. They're, they're, I know he's in the last year of his deal, like Crowder is. He's probably going to cost them a lot of money, far more than Crowder is. So unless they're worried about financially the ramifications of a long term deal and can they afford it, right after Dejounte Murray and and Trey Young and everything, maybe they're looking. With an eye towards the budget, you know, but but if they're if they're trying to win now too, that's going to be a real tough sell to their fan base to get rid of a guy who's younger, better, who's going to be more expensive, but who makes you a better basketball team. The Bogdanovich one is interesting to me. You don't you don't think that would be a possibility in this circumstance? Like Clint Capella? No, I don't know why on earth they would want to have Clint Capella on the roster because he's basically doing the same stuff that you're going to have Biombo and Aiton do. So. I I, I think you can rule him out. Bogdan Bogdanovich, not Boyan. We're, we're talking about different Bogdanoviches Bogdan. here. Yeah, Bogdan, Bogdan, not Boyan. Bogdan, of course, former Suns draft pick. Yes. Who was in Europe for a couple of years, went to the Kings, really started to establish himself. I believe he shot 37% from three last year. The, the problem with him. The salaries don't come even close. No, you'd have to add in you got to add if, if you're, you're the Phoenix. Suns. You'd have to give in Landry Shamit or Dario Saric or something like that to make the numbers match up. Whereas if it's Justin Holiday, 
say with Holiday, now the Hawks would have to add more to make a, that a work. A minimum guy at, at one yeah. point, something million, and it works. Because you look at the salaries and um, Holiday's at 6.2. If you throw in one of the other guys, maybe you can bring back Frank the Tank. But if you throw in one of the other guys that are in the you know one point eight million dollar range, now you could make that deal work. Atlanta's Atlanta's not going to do Bogdanovich. They're not going. They're just not, they're not going to do that. With the, he's a he's a key piece of what they want to do. I I don't think you could get Hunter, and I don't think you could get Bogdanovich. So I think you really like if you're doing a deal with Atlanta, I think you're getting a 33 year old Justin Holiday. That's what I would expect. I'd be shocked if they did Bogdanovich. I'm not excited about this. I'm not. I got to give up Bogdanovich no, for I'm, Jay Crowder. I'm, and, and this this that concept, make him better. this idea of trading Jay Crowder. The closer we get to the season, and and the the longer we wait for some deal to materialize, I just want him to come back. I know. I, I just I, I want him to come back. I want I want the Suns and him to figure out a way for him to come back because I just feel like any deal that comes down, you're going to get screwed on. If you're the Suns, you're not you're not going to satisfy your win now window. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Gambo and I have. And, and to be honest, to be fair, it's actually a Kellen Olson thought. I kind of ripped it off from him. There are two windows right now facing the Phoenix Suns. Window number one is the Chris Paul window, which is the very you got to win now before he gets too old. It's it's this year, right? Right. And then the next window is the Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges window. Cam Johnson and Cam Johnson, of course, too. Yeah. And that window can last for three, four, five, six, seven years, depending on, on how. And so what you try to do, if you're the Suns, you're making a deal that helps you in the Chris Paul window or in the bigger window. And that's kind of the debate you got to have if you're the Suns trying to figure out what deal to make here. For me, a Jay Crowder trade, if they do it, I think has got to be about the now window. Because Jay Crowder's a now that, guy. I, I don't think you can make a trade that's going to be a better trade. Which is why I want to keep him. On the now window. Which is why I want to keep him. But he doesn't want to be here. I know. I know but, but let's make it so he wants to be here. Let's let's change his mind. What's a great way to change a guy's money? Money. Well, what's mine? <laughs> what's, what's a great way to change a guy's I, money? I, I gave away the uh, yeah. give him yeah. more money. That's a great, a great way, way to change, to change a guy's, guy's money. money. Yeah, the way to keep, change a guy's money uh, is the way to change a guy's money. Go to the stock market right now. Um, change his mind. Give him more money. Get him to stay. I just think it's the closer we get to this, the more distasteful I find trading Jake Crowder to be. I really do. Because I, you've come to the conclusion that you're not going to get a better player. I think they're going to get screwed on it. You're I not really going to get a better player. I mean, you're not. I mean, I listen. I, I that would be great. Oh, they just got Bogdan Bogdanovich. Awesome. That's they're not getting him. Why is it? Well, that's a terrible trade for Atlanta. DeAndre Hunter, yo, it's all, you know, all these fans, oh, can get, you can't get DeAndre Hunter. He's 24 years old. They're not going to give him up. Yeah. You can have, you can have a holiday. He's 33. He's a 6'6 guard forward. He can guards two and like, he can help right now. But is he better than Jay Crowder? No, probably. I mean, he's good. He's different. He's different. But again, it's a, it's it's it would be for this window and this window only. Yeah, and and, I, and that's the kind of player I want to Jake Crowder trade. Um, credit to Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central. Question posed to DeAndre Ayton: Got to clear stuff up. Have you and Monty talked? Da quote: Yeah, most deaf. 
I mean, we talk, man. At the end of the day, it's like we're trying to contribute to a win. Everything is back to normal. Nothing has changed, to be honest. Yeah, I may have come to media day just bland, but I wasn't trying to give nobody no damn story or nothing, but it flipped on me. So I can't really say nothing. Just let everyone run away with it. All I know is I've been in here working. We've been battling each other, battling up each other in training camp. Coach has been loving it. Close quote. Okay, can we end the discussion now? Is it over? Or well, I mean, feels over. Feels like okay. That that's yeah, most definitely. Let's we see. How, let's see. Let's see what happens the first few games of the season as far as DeAndre touches, minutes, substitution patterns, and things like that. Yeah. This could spark back up in a New York second. You know that. Sure. You could have question. You could have gotten more money, but you got less from the Suns. Da answer. M a x is M a x. That's how I look at it. M a x is M a x. You have to. At the end of the day, yes, we play for money and we have to take care of our families. I've got a love for a game, and it goes on and on. Max is max. Whether it's a max it, salary that yeah. the, you know the Suns match or the max he could have gotten somewhere else. I'm a max player. I'm a max player. So he gets to say that all the time. I'm a max player. I mean, these guys. I mean, egos is ego driven, very much ego driven, and being able to say he's a max player is probably one of the most important things to him. When we come back, we all know the two biggest plays of the game at the end yesterday. What about everything leading up to that? Because that tells just as much of a story as the end of the game does. Big Red Reacts is next on Burns and Gambo.